Sam Farber, the voice of the Charlotte Hornets, now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Sam, it's good to have you back. How does it feel to be in the city of Charlotte again? Oh, it is great to be home. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure what time or day it is at this point <laughs> after all the travel, but it's great to be back here uh, inside Spectrum Center and great to see all of our great fans again as we uh, get ready to ring in a new year. All right, favorite city you visited out west, Sam? Oh, man, you know, I, I grew up on the west coast, so there's a lot of favorites there. I love San Francisco and, and being in L.A. for an extent day uh, while the rest of the country was experiencing some winter weather not too shabby uh, but I'll give it to San Francisco all right San Francisco gets the love there I know yeah a lot of people I, I know Eric Collins was talking about that too not exactly being thrilled with LA San Francisco some of the northern cities were getting the love out on that west coast road trip speaking of which they finished two and four on that road trip Sam what are some of the things that you learned watching the Hornets through that two and four record well I, I think that Two and four, really in any year, is a solid trip to the West Coast because, you know, generally speaking, you know, you're going to have some back-to-backs in there. Uh, there are some pretty darn good teams that the team faced that had rest. I don't think Charlotte was a favorite in any of them. So I think we saw a little bit more of what we can expect from the Hornets moving forward, and that is that, that a lot of these injuries are behind them now, and, and they should operate more uh, on the, the level that they did the last couple of seasons. Uh, in terms of getting back towards winning basketball. So even though it wasn't a winning road trip per se, I think this is an indicator that the ship maybe has been righted and there's an opportunity now for the Hornets to get some home cooking and, and hopefully get this record heading in the right direction. Sam, one thing I was excited about was getting to see the first-round pick, Mark Williams, really make a significant debut. It wasn't technically his debut, but the first time he got legitimate run, I think he had a very big impact defensively just with the opposing guards driving into the paint and feeling his presence, either throwing up an inaccurate shot, deciding to pass it back out to the perimeter. I liked what I saw from Mark Williams. What did you think of Mark Williams' legitimate debut? I love the kid. I think he was playing within himself. To be sure, you know, an experienced center and Yusuf Nurkic, uh, you know, gave him a pretty good lesson uh, there in the second half against Portland, uh, putting a, a bunch of fouls on him in pretty quick succession. But, you know, still, these are the kinds of lessons that you need to, to learn on the fly, really, in the NBA. You can only do so much in practice in the G League. At some point, you got to go tangle with some of the best in the world. And I thought the returns for Mark Williams really were really good. Defensively, I think you're spot on. And offensively, too. You know, Mason Plumley and Nick Richards have both had strong seasons statistically. Mark Williams leads the team in field goal percentage right now. I know it's not large enough of a sample size to, you know, establish yourself on the top 10 list for the NBA. Um, but it's enough to at least open your eyes to the possibilities of what Mark Williams can be. I'm not sure he's going to supplant anyone as the starter just yet, but the early returns are really, really good for this rookie. Sam, so turning the page to the game tonight, and we know the Hornets are still building this roster as far as finding their big three, so to speak, for the future. When you look at this Oklahoma City roster with SGA and Giddy and Dorton and Chet Holmgren when they get him back, do you feel like perhaps the Thunder are a little bit further ahead of the Hornets as far as putting together their roster and their cornerstone players for their future? See, I'm not sure because I, I don't know exactly how this all fits together. You know, SGA has had a, a spectacular career, statistically speaking. And I remember seeing him as a rookie with the Clippers and being intrigued. 
but he's never really been a part of a winning team, and they keep shutting him down early uh, to, to get a look at other guys and, and preserve draft position is most people's uh, implication of what they're doing. Josh Giddy has put together some decent stats, but he hasn't really shot the ball that well. And, you know, there's a question, who's the point guard going to be between those two? Can they really play together and play winning basketball? Will they both be a part of the future? Are they going to reset things once again? And with Chet Holmgren, we think he's going to be a star, but we don't know. I mean, we just saw, uh, you know, Mark Williams go head-to-head with James Wiseman, a former number two overall pick. I'm of the opinion, and I wear teal-colored glasses, but I thought Mark Williams looked just as good, if not better, than the former number two overall pick. So, I, I, you know, certainly a fan of Chet Holmgren and his skill set and what he brings to the table. But is he going to be a superstar? We don't know. We haven't seen him on the floor yet. And then this point guard matchup tonight, though, staying with that, with SGA, with what he's done, 30-30 point performance in his last 43 games played, the way he gets to the line, leading the league in free throws, shooting at 92.5% a clip, his 90 clutch points. Is this a guy you feel like that, LaMelo would aspire to be like at like his pinnacle. He would be putting up this type of production like SGA and you can compare and contrast it too, if you like. I I personally would say no, because he's, he's a different kind of player. I'd say SGA is a little bit more to the Trey young side of the equation. uh, And that's not a bad thing at all because he is, as you indicated there, an elite elite scorer, uh, And he's doing it at a higher level now and honestly with more talent around him than he's had in recent years. But it's still a pretty barren Oklahoma City team. Uh, They're looking to him to take and make a lot of shots. And so he's getting more opportunities than LaMelo Ball really generates for himself, and and that speaks to the unselfishness of LaMelo. Look, if LaMelo wanted to attempt 30 shots a game, he could. He's going to have the ball in his hands each and every possession. Um, But he is such a willing passer, and he knows what's best for this offense is to keep everyone involved. So they're, they're different players. Um, you know, that's part of the reason I, I, I'm kind of questioning what the Thunder are thinking long-term here because I, I think Josh Giddy needs to be the point guard giving the ball to SGA. I think SGA is more like a Terry Rozier than he is like a LaMelo. Sam Farber is joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can hear Sam Farber on the call later tonight when the Charlotte Hornets take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sam, Kelly Oubre is doubtful for this game. He did miss the last contest against Golden State with a left hand sprain, and Steve Clifford kind of told us he'd been dealing with that for a little while. It kind of got jammed earlier this week. What did you notice about his absence, how that affected the Charlotte Hornets, and how do they try to counteract that? Well, there certainly isn't another Kelly Oubre on the roster. There's no one that can come in and necessarily put 20 points on the board as a starter or off the bench. So, you know, there's really no one-to-one replacing Kelly Oubre. But in terms of the impact on the game, I don't know that the Hornets lost because they didn't have bench scoring because I I thought that they did. I thought Jalen McDaniels uh, still had a pretty good game uh, shooting the basketball and, and getting you know points on the board. And, and overall, this team is in a much better position now than it was three weeks ago uh, with all of the injuries. So can you directly replace Kelly Oubre? No, you can't. I mean, he, he will have a chance in these last 40 games of the year to, to make a case to be sixth man of the year, I think, the way he is scoring the basketball. Uh, if the Horns can string together a lot of wins here and he's coming off the bench and continues to score 20 a night, he'll make that argument. 
Um, but generally speaking, can they afford to go without him for a game or two? Yeah, I, I think they're in a better position to do that now because a lot of other guys have gotten experience and stepped up to the plate. So, um, you know, one or two games, can they can they survive without him? I, I hope so. I believe so. Um, but long term, you know, we're, we're feeling the impact uh, of not having Kelly out there because he is such a dynamic scorer, particularly off the bench. Sam LaMelo, since the Sacramento game, he played 27 minutes, shot 47% from the floor. But since then, his minutes have gone way up to where he's played 37 minutes, twice 35 and 36 minutes in the other two games. But he hasn't shot over 40%, but in one of those four games. What do you think has been going on with Melo lately? Do you think maybe it's just conditioning, getting back in the swing of things? Or why do you think uh, the shooting numbers have been as tough as they've been over the last four contests? You know, I, I think it's kind of the ebbs and flows, to be honest. I mean, he, he's playing really tremendous basketball. He's on the longest stretch of 20-plus point efforts of his career. Uh, going back to before the injury, uh, it's nine in a row, but in all eight games he's played since returning from injury, he's hit that 20-point threshold. Uh, so he's he's playing at a really high level. Um, you know, I think it's, it's just the way teams are playing him and the Hornets. Uh, LaMelo, if he sees a passing lane, he's going to take it. And if other teams take it away, he's going to, you know, fire off some shots here. And he's been hitting it a pretty high clip. I know the overall field goal percentage might have dipped slightly. And last game in particular, he didn't shoot the three as well as he had in the preceding seven games. But generally speaking, since he's returned, uh, he's made, I think, on average four threes per game. So I, I like what he's doing. You can always iron out the uh, the shot selection and, uh, I mean, quite frankly, we're in a different era right now than, than 10, 15 years ago. Some of the shots these guys take now, uh, you would have been benched 15 years ago. Now it's a good three. So it's it's a very different era, and LaMelo has a uh, ability to make shots that, you know, just they're uncanny. There's very few guys in the world that can take them and make them with that kind of consistency, um, but he finds a way to do it. So hopefully the last couple of games, field goal percentage-wise, is just a blip on the radar. Um, but generally speaking, I like the way LaMelo's playing the game offensively right now. All right, Sam, last question before we get you out of here. Tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, what do you think are the keys to victory for Charlotte? Honestly, I think one of the big keys here is rebounding for this team. Oklahoma City had an injury for their, their seven-foot person. He's not a center, Alexei Pokashevsky. Um, but they've been playing kind of centerless basketball. And so the Hornets, with all this size now, with the developing Mark Williams, the chance to get Nick Richards back tonight, certainly with Mason Plumley and P.J. Washington, you got the chance to hit these guys in the paint and hopefully um, you know, exert your dominance down there. Uh, Guard-wise, you know, LaMelo Ball and SGA is going to be the headline matchup, but I think the game is going to be won on the interior here, and the Hornets have some big-time advantages against the Thunder team. Uh, that drafted a center in Chet Holmgren, but obviously he's not going to be available to play tonight or the rest of the season. So I think that's the area to look for. Also, the sixth man. We've been on the road way too long. I miss the fans. I know the team missed the fans. Home court advantage is real, and hopefully we feel it tonight here at Spectrum Center with uh, the Hornets faithful 
here since you're on the team. Yeah, going to be a fun game, a fun matchup between a couple of star point guards in LaMelo Ball and SGA. So would be a fun one to attend tonight at the Spectrum Center for the first time in a long time. And if you can't make it or you can even do the Steve Bartman thing, you can attend and listen to the radio broadcast by tuning in to 92.7 FM Sports Radio WFNZ. Sam, thanks so much as always, man. Good luck on the call tonight. Appreciate it. Happy New Year to you guys. And, yeah, hopefully the fans come out. This is going to be a great homestand. SGA tonight, Kevin Durant coming up on New Year's Eve, LeBron and John Morant to ring in the new year. you got to come out here to the high.